This is a CBC Podcast. Hello! Long time no see. Well, I guess here. Anyway, welcome to Season 3! Now, before we go any further, I just want to acknowledge that if you've been a long-time listener of my podcast, you may be thinking, hey, Ty sounds a little bit different this year. I mean, check me out in Season 1. I do 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 three, one, two. Hi there, I'm Ty, and this is it's my podcast, Ty Asks Why. Boom, And now, this? My voice is changing, even I can hear it. As much as I may try to fight it, I'm growing up. But don't worry, this episode is not going to turn into some weird, super awkward body talk. No, not on my podcast. I've been through the health classes, I'm not doing that stuff again. But there's something that we haven't really talked about in class, and that's what's happening in my brain. As it turns out, during these teen years, my brain is literally reshaping itself, which is kind of making me feel a little bit crazy, if I'm being honest. And like, I feel like we all know to expect things like our voice changing and all that stuff, but if my brain is reshaping itself, I want to know what's happening in there. What's happening with my brain? Ty asked why. I'm Ty, and this is my podcast, Ty Asks Why. There are so many good questions out there that you really want to have answered. Stuff like, what's at the bottom of the ocean? Is it possible to predict the future? How is the universe going to end? How do I know what's true on the internet? Why do we dance? And what's happening in my teen brain? My parents said something recently that kind of got to me. They said that I was acting different lately. I mean, I've noticed in the last year especially that you're becoming much more of a private person. So I used to know who your friends were and what their names were and like who you were walking home from school with and who you'd talk on the phone with. And now I have no idea. And whenever I ask you, you're very, very secretive. Yeah, I do enjoy being a little bit more cryptic at times. But yeah, I mean, some of these changes seem to just be me starting to try to give myself more independence. Yeah, and I think that on the topic of independence, I've noticed that you are more assertive as well. And one thing I'll say too that I've noticed that has changed. um, I think most of the time your personality, you're a pretty even keel person. But I've noticed that, yeah, the the intensity of some of these emotions that you feel lately sometimes feel really amped up right? Like you, you feel things, but you really, really feel them strongly sometimes. Have you met his mom and dad? Dad? It's a clever way of just saying that I've been kind of moody. So thanks for that. But I get it. You know, before it was just kind of two dimensional, happy, sad, angry, and that was it. But now it's, you know, just getting more depth and it's just, it's just being more broadened. So also sometimes I can just be like really cranky and, you know, I admit to that sometimes. I do see what they're talking about, and my little brother Keen has also been noticing that I've been acting differently, only he's mm, more direct about it. You wake up at 12, you eat, you don't eat much, you're moody, you play lots of games with your friends, 
you stay in your room most of the time. If I step foot in your room, you're like, get out. Um, and you're kind of snarky. No offense, bud. You know, that hits me like, that hits me pretty hard. It hurts my feelings. But no, I'm kidding. I've, I'm aware that stuff like this has been happening, but it's so weird. Like, why do you think this stuff is changing? Of course you've been changing. I mean, it's a no-brainer that your brain's been changing because you're entering one of the biggest phases of your life. So it's like, yeah, of course. A baby's brain is different to a child's brain because it changes. When you put it that way, yeah, it does kind of make sense. My brain just kind of feels off these days. Different. Like I have so much going on in there and I'm all over the place. And it didn't used to be this way, at least I don't think so. If I'm to believe what I see on TV or on social media, being a teen is supposed to be this cool time where you just kind of have a lot of fun with your friends. So... Is there something wrong with me that I don't really feel like that? I remember a lot of frustration and feeling like I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> hey, I can relate to that. This is Dr. Frances Jensen. She's a neurologist at the University of Pennsylvania. She spends a lot of time looking at brains, and in particular teenage brains, to see how they're changing at this time in our lives. She even wrote a book about it called The Teenage Brain. I'm 13 years old, and I'm noticing that my brain's starting to get a little bit on the fritz, so can you please try to take me through some of the stuff that's happening right now? Sure. Well, uh, your brain is experimenting with the outside world, and you're using parts of your brain that you haven't actually used during childhood, you, because you're building new parts of the brain during this window. All the way through for the next 10 plus years of your life, you'll be building these higher order areas of your brain. And that's what you're feeling. And guess what? They don't all build at the same time. So it can be a little uneven, so to speak, how the brain is being built. And this is why teenagers typically feel a little out of line sometimes or not like they have complete control or feel too strongly about certain things. So what's happening is your brain has these like peaks and valleys and those are packed with brain cells that we call neurons. And those brain cells, you have a hundred billion almost of those brain cells in your brain. And in order for you to do anything, think anything, remember anything, anything, you have to have these brain cells talk to one another. And they talk to one another across connection points called synapses. And do you know you have about 100 trillion synapses in your brain? And you have more as a child and an adolescent, and then you prune them as an adult. You hear that, grown-ups? I've got more synaptic connections than you. Ha! Take that. No wonder my brain feels so wacky all the time, because it's jam-packed with trillions of synapses firing off all the time. And the other part that's really interesting is that the brain, it's compartmentalized. And the front of your brain is something called the frontal lobe, which is where we have impulse control, organization, judgment, all those kind of really adult skills. And in the middle part of your brain behind your ears, we have kind of emotional parts of your brain, things we call the limbic system. And the interesting thing is that your brain connects itself 
from the back to the front. Oh, whoa. So like, when I want to make a decision about something, I go to my emotional back brain, and then later I'll connect it with my logical front brain. Feelings first, thinking later. So that's why we sometimes see teenagers have very high emotional states, and they're really good at remembering things, by the way, because those synapses are firing all over the place, but they don't necessarily have the ability in a split second to make decisions, weigh uh, judgments, control impulses. So sometimes we say teenagers are feeling emotion in technicolor to adult black and white. Well, that does sound like a teenager. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I, you know, I had a talk with my parents about my emotions and stuff and how I've just, my behavior has been changing in my brain. And my dad says something that was very, very similar to the Technicolor. He says that my emotions have been getting more complex or varied or something like that. Right. And he, I give credit to your dad. He put it in a very good way. I think there are others um, that I try to explain when I give talks to adults um, that that basically accuse teenagers of quote-unquote overreacting. And that's kind of not fair because if you are an adult, you might be actually overreacting because you're supposed to have the equipment to suppress, you know, that level of heightened responses. But as a teenager, that doesn't exist yet in your brain. Okay, so that explains why my emotions are all out of whack, why I'm moody, as Kian puts it. It's my synapses' fault. I'm feeling all the feelings, but my brain hasn't quite figured out how to make them logical. So I'm all feels and less logic, which, yeah, makes decisions a lot harder. And I can make some questionable decisions sometimes. I'm not going to give any examples because I don't want to embarrass myself. Parents are probably listening. But Francis says this also can be explained by the brain. So we typically see that teenagers, sometimes in a classroom setting, might make the right decision in a very controlled setting. You know, there are no emotion. You can just, you know, reason your way through. But in a split-second panic situation, there is a tendency and your frontal lobes are not fully connecting for you to act very impulsively and not think of cause and effect. Like, well, maybe these friends are, you know, daring me to do something, but it could, I could hurt myself if I did. But it's more important in the moment to have the immediate gratification of the friends. So off goes the impulse, right? Yeah, it makes sense. The infrastructure that connects to the emotional component is literally just stronger and more advanced than the one for the reasoning one. So if you're trying to think of a decision, your emotional one is going, do it, do the thing, while the part of you that's trying to reason to be like, Ty, don't jump off a building is, you know, a lot quieter. It's like, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we keep talking about these I'm not going to say flaws, but downsides of the teenage brain. Are there advantages to having these different wirings? Yes. So your brain cells are more active. You've got more of the material around to construct those synapses than you ever will again. As the brain moves into adulthood to sort of calm itself down, it loses this unbelievable, basically magical power 
power that the adolescent and child brain has, which is that they build synapses much faster than the adult brain. So uh, you can be exposed to something twice and learn it to the same degree an adult might have to practice 10, 20 times. And you see this all the time in your daily life. You see how children and adolescents learn two and three languages flawlessly, right? And you, and you struggle as an adult to, to learn a second language, for instance, without a big accent. You watch how in memory games, adolescents and children are just so much better. And it, they're, it's like sponges, right? So carpe diem, and what that means in Latin, as you may know, is seize the day, meaning take advantage of this skill while you have it. There's so much more potential in the adolescent years than we really thought. So yeah, the changes in my brain mean that I might be super emotional and impulsive, but I also have this magical learning superpower. So now I just have to figure out how I can make the most of these abilities before I grow up and start losing the strength of my synapses. How do I harness my mighty learnability? How do I carpe the diem? I think that one thing is to try new things. This is Dr. Juliet Davido. She's a psychologist and cognitive neuroscientist at Northeastern University. She studies how all these brain changes affect how we learn. So if my brain seems to be like wired to learn right now, what can I do to try to make the most of it? So in order for the brain to sort of develop, you could think of it like sort of building up its muscles. It needs to have experiences that make it flex. So if you're going to encounter new situations, that'll give your brain a chance to learn new things. So do teens learn in a different way? So there's not just one part of the brain that learns. There's actually several separate learning systems. Separate meaning we can find examples where they work in isolation and don't rely on each other. We can also find examples where they um, work together and cooperate. We need to learn to do a lot of different kinds of things. And this way, uh, there's sort of support for that. <laughs> so when you're an adult, whether one system dominates over the other uh, might come more from experiences that you've had. You might be sort of more deeply ingrained in learning in certain ways. And so adults can get kind of stuck in how they're learning things, whereas adolescents might be more flexible because they haven't had as much experience in general that they're getting stuck on, and also because they need to learn a whole lot more than adults do. And it kind of makes sense because, you know, in adolescence, things are still changing and things are being tried out. But by the time you're a fully fledged adult, you know, you've kind of figured out what works and you're sticking to that. That sounds right. Yeah. When you're an adolescent, you don't necessarily know later on what's going to be useful to have remembered. The brain is storing it because it needs to know later what turned out to be useful. Yeah, it's just like you know, I might be able to use this, I have no idea, but it's better to have it than to not have it. And then you just kind of throw it in this junk bin, and then, you know, when you're older and you're an adult, and you're like, let's look through this, it's like, yeah, I'm never going to need to know this stuff, so you can clean out a little bit more. Yeah. Huh, this is pretty cool. Usually adults make us feel like our lack of experience is a bad thing, but it sounds like not having too many experiences is actually what makes us such good learners. You know, we're not all crammed up in the brain box. 
We're not used to doing stuff in a certain way, so we take in information in new, cool, wacky ways that adults would never even think of. There's some really fun work showing that if you tell adults and adolescents bad instructions, the adolescents can actually overcome those bad instructions faster than the adults do. And one possible way that they're doing that is because they're really attending to the feedback that they're getting from the environment and in the moment, whereas the adults kind of stick on the uh, thing that they were told to do, even if it isn't matching up with their experience of the environment at that time. Oh my god, that is so true. Like, if I'm going to play a new board game with my family, and, you know, there's a rule sheet, and there's something that's not clear in the rules, just some things that contradict, I'll just go and I'll say, well, maybe we should do this, because this just is the most natural course of action. But most of the time, my parents, they just kind of want to stick to those rules, and they just don't really figure it out as fast as me. So that can be kind of frustrating sometimes. Yeah, that's right. I think that's exactly the kind of thing that we can see evidence in the brain for that. So we don't just listen to instructions and accept them as a fact. Sometimes our teachers and parents can see that as being stubborn or not listening, but it's really, it's just us figuring it out on our own. Juliet also reassures me that even though I feel like my brain's kind of broken, it's not. It's actually working the way it's supposed to. The teen brain is not broken. There's nothing wrong with it. All of the changes that happen and the way it sort of grows up into adult brain is part of normal development. But it is definitely a system that is different than an adult brain. So rather than using the adult as kind of the benchmark for how the adolescent should behave, I think a little bit more about what are the goals of this time of life. I think one of the reasons that we have this sort of long period of development called adolescence, or at least humans have it, is to give time to learn all the things that we need to learn how to do in order to sort of be successful adults who can navigate our environment and take care of ourselves, including things like forming relationships with friends and learning about who we are and what we're interested in doing. So in a time like this where the brain is just, it's able to kind of sponge, like absorb a lot more stuff. You just, you know, you'd want to give it more stuff to absorb. That's right. Mm -hmm. Even if it's bad, even if it's good, just throw whatever is at it so you can just, this is my time to like fast learn so I can get a, you know, like a little bit of a prep for adulthood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely think this is a really important time of life to be experiencing lots of things because your brain will benefit from having those experiences and also you will benefit from having those experiences because you need to learn about the world and learn about what's exciting and important and interesting to you. Francis pretty much says the same thing. Yes, and I think that if you ask any adult, they will remember their teenage years vividly vividly and it's because we are laying down memories in such a strong way in that window i would say that the seven years that you're a teenager is some of the most important seven years of your life more than say that my last seven years aren't as memorable as those seven years between 13 and 20 where you're really beginning to figure out who you are okay so my brain is right now primed for learning, to learn as much as possible before I go out into the real world. And it's only by challenging the rules and learning as much as we can, and yes, that includes making mistakes along the way, that we turn into successful adults. No, my brain's not broken. No, it's not under the fritz. And we're not overreacting or being stubborn or any of that stuff. 
We're teens. It's what a teen brain does. So grown-ups out there need to stop expecting us to act like adults and give us a bit of space to figure things out on our own. You hear that, teens? The next time your parents give you grief, just play them this podcast, and hopefully they'll be able to learn a thing or two. If they're still able to learn, that is. Really, though, I think this whole teen time would be a lot easier if everyone knew more about the brain and what's going on in it. So I decided to tell my little bro, Ken, what's up. Did you know that my brain is literally reshaping itself right now? Pretty cool. I wish I could make my brain into a cucumber. Mm, well, it might not. I'm not necessarily changing into a cucumber yet, but... Do you think it's a little bit scary that you know that yours is going to change too? No, because it will. That's fate. And adolescence, although you may become a bummer, could be pretty cool yourself, you know? Going through changes. Although, one thing I will not be happy about is the mood swings and not wanting to give my mom any more hugs. Okay, I love to give her hugs. You stole her from me, but, you know, now is not the time for that. But how do you feel about the fact that you're going to change and you're going to, you know, become a kind of a different person? Happy. I'm pretty excited. I have some pretty big stuff coming my way. I wish I could just kind of, like, jump ahead five years, be 15, you know? See what it's like. Ty asked... Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Ty Pool. This show is produced by Amanda Buckowitz and Judy D. Goo. Judy's also our digital producer. This podcast was created by Veronica Simmons, and she is also our editor and sound designer. The theme music is by Johnny Spence. Sound engineer is my dad, Min Nguyen, and our location manager is my mom, Nikki Poole. Thanks, guys, for guiding me through this crazy stage of life. Today, my guests were Francis Jensen and Juliet Davido. If you want to know more about teen brain science, check out Francis's book, The Teenage Brain, a neuroscientist's survival guide to raising adolescents and young adults. Special thanks to Austin Pomeroy for his assistance and to Kian, I guess, for insulting me on my own podcast. Well, whatever. Our senior producer is Tina Verma and executive producer of CBC Podcasts is Arv Narani. Till next time, I'm Ty. Keep asking why. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.